Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The liturgical scripture readings for the Solemnity of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. A reading from the book of Revelations. God's temple in heaven was opened, and the Ark of His Covenant could be seen in the temple. A great sign appeared in the sky, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was with child and wailed aloud in pain as she labored to give birth. Then another sign appeared in the sky. It was a huge red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on its heads were seven diadems. Its tail swept away a third of the stars in the sky and hurled them down to the earth. Then the dragon stood before the woman, about to give birth, to devour her child when she gave birth. She gave birth to a son, a male child, destined to rule all the nations with an iron rod. Her child was caught up to God and his throne. The woman herself fled into the desert, where she had a place prepared by God. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have salvation and power come, and the kingdom of our God, and the authority of his anointed one. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm The Queen stands at your right hand arrayed in gold. The Queen stands at your right hand arrayed in gold. The Queen takes her place at your right hand in gold of over. The Queen stands at your right hand arrayed in gold. Hear, O daughter, and see, turn your ear, forget your people and your father's house. The Queen stands at your right hand arrayed in gold. So shall the king desire your beauty, for he is your Lord. The queen stands at your right hand, arrayed in gold. They are born in with gladness and joy. They enter the palace of the king. The queen stands at your right hand, arrayed in gold. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, Christ has been raised from the dead the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also came through man. For just as in Adam all die, so too in Christ shall all be brought to life, but each one in proper order. Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ, then comes the end when he hands over the kingdom to his God and Father, when he has destroyed every sovereignty and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, for he has subjected everything under his feet. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. 
When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has with favor on his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm and has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, Kevin, we are celebrating the solemnity of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And what the last time we celebrated the solemnity on a Sunday was back in 2010. Wow, long time ago. 11 years. <laughs> it's been a while, yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to talk a little bit about this uh, wonderful solemnity that we're celebrating. And recently, we have heard a lot of discussion about the title of co-redemptrix that has been used for Mary. And I wanted to see what the catechism said about this. So I, I, I did some reading and I can see how the phrase co-redemptrix might be misinterpreted by some, but we shouldn't fail to recognize that Mary's role in the church is inseparable from her union with Christ and flows directly from it. Mary is the mother of Christ and the mother of the church. Now, the catechism says this about Mary. When the course of her earthly life was finished, she was taken body and soul into heavenly glory and exalted by the Lord as queen over all things so that she might be more fully conformed to her son. And it goes on to say that the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin is a singular participation in her son's resurrection and an anticipation of the resurrection of other Christians. And it includes this beautiful excerpt from the Byzantine liturgy. In your dormition, you did not leave the world, O Mother of God but were joined to the source of life. You conceived the living God. By your prayers, you will deliver our souls from death. I think that's just such a beautiful mm, phrase. Is. And it really speaks to the importance of Mary and the role that she plays. Yes, it's beautiful. In fact, back in November 1st of 1950, Pope Pius Twelfth declared this, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, of the blessed apostles Peter and Paul, and by our own authority, we pronounce, declare, and divine, define it to be a divinely revealed dogma that the Immaculate Mother of God, the ever-Virgin Mary, having completed the course of her earthly life, 
was assumed body and soul into heavenly glory. What a beautiful statement. And again, it's just at the end of her earthly life. And that's what we call the Dormition of Mary, right? Exactly, exactly. And I think this really has a tie back to really the incarnation. You know, God made man. Remember, Christ took flesh and blood through his mother. Christ the sinless took flesh and blood from his mother. Exactly. And and St. Leo the Great wrote this about the, um, the incarnation. He says, he was engendered through a new kind of birth. Since the inviolate virginity did not know concupiscence, when it supplied the fleshly material of his body. From his mother, the Lord took human nature, not the original fault. And how beautiful that is. I think that's a beautiful tie between the incarnation and her sinless nature, and then, of course, being assumed into heaven. How beautiful that is. And, and you know, when I was thinking about the assumption, and I think about so many, you know, divisions in our world today, and, and uh, especially between, say, male and female, I, I pulled out uh, a great book. It's called uh, The World's First Love. It's by... Um, Uh, I guess it's blessed Archbishop Fulton Sheen now. And um, he talks about, you know, the Bible uses the term man to mean both male and female, right? right? Yeah. And and he talks about uh, errors that we seem to have embraced in, in our society today. And I'd like to address these two that he brings up. He writes this. It says, the two basic errors of both communism and historical liberalism on the subject of women are, one, that women were never emancipated until modern times since religion particularly kept them in servitude. That's error number one. And then error number two, equality means the right of a woman to do a man's work. Very interesting. So a little bit about this. First off, if you want to look for some great historical information on this, um, Mary Beard wrote a a work called Women, Woman as Force in History. So please use that as a reference. But Recognize that under Christian civilizations of old, women enjoyed rights, privileges, honors, and dignities that have since been swallowed up by this machine age, the industrial age. Uh, Think back to up to the 17th century in England, women engaged in business, perhaps even more so than in today. Between 1553 and 1640, back in those times, uh, 10% of the publishing in England was done by women. And because homes had their own weaving and cooking and laundry, it was estimated that women in pre-industrial days were producing half of the goods required by society. In the Middle Ages, women were as well-educated as men, and it was not until the 17th century that women were barred from education. Then at the time of the Industrial Revolution, all the activities and freedoms of women were curtailed. So we have a, a beautiful blossoming. Again, the Christian civilization of old embraced the equal and separate stations of male and female. Yeah, exactly. And and that and that falsehood that that religious uh, religions suppress and um, you know take away from a woman's worth. What higher office could there be than to be the mother of God? And God chose a woman exactly for that. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's true. He could have come into the world any way he wanted, right? Yes, yes. yes. But he chose, and that, just that dignity of womanhood that is so beautiful and just not respected today. Exactly, yeah. I'll have to quickly go through the second read, second error, and that was, it's a failure to make a distinction between what's called the mathematical and proportional equality between the sexes. So mathematical equality means just the exactness of remuneration. Proportional equality means that each should receive a pay according to function. So women, again, lost all these rights that used to be part of a Christian civilization. They're now seeking to regain these rights and privileges that they had, but they thought of equality in mathematical terms or in terms of sex. And they identified freedom and equality with the right to do a man's job. And that's such an error because the result of 
the woman's imitation of man and her flight from motherhood that you bring up have developed neuroses and psychoses that have reached alarming proportions. And it's wrong because it reduces a woman to a poor imitation of man. So the problem of a woman is whether certain God-given qualities, which are specifically hers and beautifully hers, are given adequate and full expression. And these qualities are principally devotion, sacrifice, and love. So what a beautiful way to do that. And in the interest of time today, Carla, let's jump right into the gospel. Let's hit the heart of this uh, reading. Today. And that's a powerful gospel. Good <laughs> yes. idea. Okay. Well, the first part of this reading, it's, um, and if we take the first part of the reading and we couple it with the words that were spoken to Mary by the angel Gabriel at the time of the Annunciation, that provides the basis for the prayer that we call the Hail Mary. So when we recite that prayer, hopefully this gospel passage will help us to find a renewed appreciation of the importance of the words that we are speaking. And the second part of this gospel is known as the Magnificat, the prayer of Mary. And this prayer provides provides excellent material for meditation, teaching us how we should respond to God's call. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I want to kind of touch on the line here, from this day, all generations will call me blessed. We unfortunately have some brothers and sisters who say, you know, hey, you're spending too much time focusing on Mary. Um, you know, the Lord is enough for me. I don't need anyone but the Lord. I don't need Mary. I have no need of her. And, and I guess the thing I want to ask folks to think about today is whether or not you need her, Christ chose to need her. Christ chose to take flesh and blood from her. Christ needed her as part of the economy of salvation. And what's good enough for Christ, if he chose that he needed her, well, that's good enough for me, and I'm going to need her too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com. <laughs>